this situation. He took a pinch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Please. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Jimmy's Bob Pro the castration of the major league baseball managers we know it. Ask me about my winner. Can't think about the last time I've been so excited to be a sports fan. And I think we, listen, we all have a team that we want to see do better than others. And I call it the one team that I allow to hurt me. And they've hurt me for many years. And I can't think about how, when the last time I was this excited to be a a New York Mets baseball fan, the news that broke overnight um, it's going to be one of those things that if you are a diehard Mets fan, you're going to wonder, what were you doing? Where were you at? How did you find out that the deal between the Giants, the San Francisco baseball Giants, and Carlos Correa got nixed, and owner Steve Cohen swooped in and signed him to be a Met for the next 12 years? Now, so many different things that I want to that are kind of coming to my mind that I want to think about when it comes to times in Mets history that I've been this excited to be a fan. You know, certainly 37 years if the Mets were to be lucky enough to win the World Series in 2023 is how long it would be since the last time the Mets won a World Series. And one of the things that I'm going to get back to is the 1986 Mets. And I do think that there's a similarity now between the Mets of 2023 and the 1986 Mets. There's a couple different things that I want to think about from the angle of the Giants because it's a colossal failure by that organization. They set their offseason up to make this big time free agent move that it was understandable that it didn't work out with Aaron Judge as he's introduced as the next Yankee captain and uh, everything that goes along with that. He wanted to be a Yankee. He's going to remain a Yankee likely till the last day that he plays in baseball. It was understandable that that wasn't, that wasn't the, in the cards per se. But then to pivot and be able to sign one of the elite free agent shortstops in Carlos Correa, it's something worth thinking about. How Number one, how colossal of failure it was from the San Francisco baseball giants. And number two, what their pivot to salvage their offseason is. Because Farhan Zaidi and that whole staff over there in San Francisco, they have to answer to their fans. You know, they gave you the sense that Aaron Judge was coming. They gave you the sense that Carlos Correa was coming. And neither of them ended up working out. Now what's the pivot? But the first thing that I wanted to think about, is the changing of the guard. And I don't like to get into these uh, Mets first Yankee things, but there are some similarities of the New York Mets right now and the New York Yankees over the last 30 or 40 years. Now, listen, the difference between the Mets of right now and the Yankees of the last 30 or 40 years are the amount of World Series championships. Number one, the amount of inherited World Series championships that any Yankee fan could uh, be born into and be grandfathered into before they even watch a game. And then the consistency, which has been the New York Yankees winning uh, you know, over the course of their entire history. 
You know, their first World Series championship they won in 1923. That was after being in the league for 20 years. And they haven't gone more than 20 years since without winning at least a World Series championship. Now, the 13 years, if they were lucky enough to win in 2023, 14 years that have gone by, yes, it's a long time for the New York Yankee fan. But the, the uh, example of what the Yankees have been to baseball for a long time is really two, twofold. It's either you're a Yankee fan and you inherited it. It's what you enjoy. You love watching your team win. You love watching the team spend more money than anybody else. You love watching the team rub it in the face of those that aren't in the same league, even though they play the same sport. They're just not on the same playing field. You enjoy that. And you know what? Because of that, they're fans of 29 other teams that hate you, that can't stand your organization can't stand you as a fan because of what you stand for. And guess what? I, as a Met fan, for the first time in my life, I get to be that guy. And I'm okay with that. I'm happy to root for a team that everybody else is going to root against. And that's totally cool. You know, the the fact that for once, the it's going to be considered a disappointment if the Mets don't win the World Series. And everybody's going to be out there rooting against you kind of gets me into what I wanted to say about 1986 because 1986 is going to live in our minds and in our hearts as Met fans because it's the last time the team won a freaking World Series. Hopefully there's some time that's going to change and you can say, hey, it was a lot more recent than 1986. But there are some striking parallels that exists right now between the 1986 Mets and the 2023 Mets. And a lot of it is based off of what I just said, the hatred. Fans of other teams are not going to want to see the Mets win. They're going to be against it. They're going to laugh. The Mets lose their first game of the season. There's going to be people saying, oh, man, you spent all that money and nothing happened. Well, the Mets of 1986 were different. Number one, they were winners. And we'll see if the 2023 and future New York Mets teams are winners like they are. You're not a winner unless you win the World Series. Carlos Correa, Justin Verlander, yes, they, they have World Series championships. But is this collective group a winner? The 1986 team, the squad, was a winning group. But they, they won in a stick-it-in-your-face, screw-you kind of way, which is right on par with what the owner of the New York Mets, Steve Cohen, is basically saying to the other 29 teams. He wants a World Series championship. He doesn't care about his baseball team running it like a business, like a lot of the other owners want to do. The goal is for him to have the best team on the field. And you use the money that he has to make sure that the Mets have all the resources to do that. And that's going to ruffle a lot of feathers, just like the 1986 Mets did. But they did it in a different way. You know, the Gary Carters and the Ray Knights and the Strawberries and the Curtain Calls and the showing up the other teams ruffled the other squads the wrong way. The amount of money that Steve Cohen has and is able to spend is going to rub other organizations the wrong way. Maybe owners will speak out about it. Maybe they won't. But you know there's going to be teams that are pissed off. Teams that are going to be bothered by it. Teams that... If they could take two games out of three in a series in May, may want to rub it in their face to say, hey, our, our payroll is less than what you're paying in luxury tax. 
but I, I think there, there's that same hatred that existed for the 1986 Mets. And that's why, you know, if you think of Jeff Perlman's book, The Bad Guys Won, it's exactly what it stood for. You know, unless they were your guys, unless this was your team, unless you were a Met fan in 1986, nobody wanted to see that team win. Everybody wanted to see that team lose. Same thing you're going to see in 2023. And as, as a fan, I, I embrace it. I know there's thousands of other Met fans out there just like me that are saying, hey, bring it on. Bring on the challenge. How about being the overdog for, for a change? Now, the other angle that I was looking at, you know, there's the Mets versus Major League Baseball, which I think is similar to the Yankees versus Major League Baseball. Something you saw a little bit with the Dodgers when the Dodgers kind of became that high-spending team really over the last 10 years or so. And, you know, I, I try to think of times that I have felt this confident in being a fan. Probably not that, that much. I mean, I've hoped that they, they would have won. There's been teams that I thought were better than they got credit for. You've heard me talk about the 2019 team that, even though they never sniffed the playoffs, I thought that was a pretty good squad. A team of last year that won 101 games, ended up losing in the first round. It was a pretty good team. 2016, I thought that team was a World Series championship caliber team. They didn't make it that far. So the one thing that they have against them Regardless of how much they spend, they could go out there and spend another $100 million this offseason. But it's not going to increase their odds when it comes to winning the whole thing. And a lot of it has to do with the playoff format and the way it's set up. You don't get rewarded for having the most wins in a particular league. You don't, have, you don't get a, a really big reward for winning a division in Major League Baseball now. Sure, that first round by, yes, it, it does give you a little bit of a reward. But there's nobody that rewards the team with the most wins, with the best track to get to the World Series. you still got to play two hard-fought series against teams that, in some cases, might have slid in and just happened to be playing their best baseball at the right time. So if it's a, a matter of bringing in Carlos Correa and the New York Mets, does that add to the odds of their chance of winning the World Series? No. But I think it puts a lot more, um, I guess you say, ping-pong balls in the mix. And this is a strong squad. I really can't think of the last time that I looked at the roster up and down and said that really everything that they needed was checked off on. You want to go back to the 86 team? Well, I mean, did they really have a starting shortstop that hit enough? Well, 1986... You probably didn't need a shortstop to go out there and hit 30 home runs. You know, you didn't need somebody like Francisco Lindor to drive in well over 100 runs and score 100 runs. Rafael Santana worked out, and if you needed somebody to hit for him, you had a Howard Johnson or a Kevin Mitchell or a Lenny Dykstra on the bench to be able to bat in a big spot. But, you know, I think of the 2016, the team that brought in Carlos Delgado. They traded for him after they failed to sign him in a 2004 offseason. They had Beltran, they had Pedro Martinez, they had a lot of talent there. Jose Valentin became a, a really integral player for them. And obviously the signing of Billy Wagner was pretty much the icing on the cake. I keep going back to that team and saying, hey, from a roster standpoint, 1 through 25 at the time, now is 1 through 26. I, I can't think of a team that I really felt was more deserving of winning a World Series. Now, this, listen, you still got to go out there and play. 
you still got to play 162 games. You still have to get through the tough thing that happens when players get injured. And depth is important. I like the fact that the Mets at the moment still have Eduardo Escobar, still have a couple catchers, still have Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos and Ronnie Mauricio. Different guys that they may need to use over the course of the long season. They still have David Peterson and Tyler McGill who are going to have to make very important starts for them probably at points in the year. Joey Lacazy, John Curtis, who they signed last year to sit on their 60-day DL all year as he recovers from Tommy John surgery. All these little players are going to be playing major roles over the course of a long season. And you think of the Phillies in the offseason that they had when they went out there and they got Trey Turner and they got Taiwan Walker. And they have put themselves in a position where they're saying, hey, the division should be ours too. We won the friggin' National League pennant last year. You know, the expectation is going to be high. The Braves aren't going anywhere. You look at the Dodgers and you look at the Padres and the offseason that they've had. And obviously the Yankees and the Astros and you, know, you see what, what teams like the Texas Rangers have done. A lot of people are knocking the Rangers saying, hey, you know, Jacob DeGrom, you know, not whatever, 98 losses last year, 94 losses. That's a better team. The Rangers are going to win more games than they won last year. But it's, it's, it's funny. We could go all through baseball and say, you know what? In spite of the Mets spending as much money as they've had, and I think some of the critics are going to throw this point my way. I'm kind of being like Eminem in his last verse in 8 Mile, eight mile in a battle rap when, when he's basically saying everything bad you could say about him and say, hey, good luck. Say, say it bad about me. When it, when it comes to the Mets, listen, you know, people are going to say, hey, you could spend all the money in the world. It's, it's no guarantee. It doesn't get you a National League pennant by finishing first place in a National League, even if you do, like you did prior to 1969. Up to 1968, there was one team that went to the postseason in each leagues. Obviously, the two-division format, which lasted through 1993, you had three divisions and a wild card after that. Now, now there's up to three wild cards. You got a total of six teams in each league, 12 teams in Major League Baseball that make the postseason. Some of them with 80-something wins. Some of them with well over 100 wins. But once you get to the postseason, it's all on the same level. But the, you're talking about depth. You're talking about just excitement as a fan to know that your team pretty much checks off all the boxes. And that's why I'm happy to be a Mets fan. I've always been happy to be a Mets fan. I haven't necessarily been happy to be amongst all the other Mets fans that uh, I've been there with because I think some Mets fans are some of the worst fans in the world. But you know what? Some of them are also some of the best fans in the world. And some of the negativity and animosity you hear out of your average Mets fan has to do with a lot that has happened over the 60-plus year history of this franchise. There's bitterness that comes from losing. And it's not like the Mets have just sat there and been the worst team in baseball forever. The 1962 team, the 40-120 team, the worst team in the history of Major League Baseball in regards to the amount of losses in one season. That team hasn't been the Mets, is not a summary of the Mets over the last 62 years. There's been a lot of times where they've come close. There's been a lot of times where they've put enough on the table to be competitive. And there's been times where the expectation has been 
for them to go out there and win the World Series. And one of the common things that fans, and now you've seen an entire generation of Met fans, as I said, if the Mets are lucky enough to win the World Series in 2023, you're looking at an entire generation of fans that will be seeing their first World Series championship. And I'm amongst them. Listen, I was alive. I was born in 1979, but I didn't enjoy 1986. I wasn't really old enough to understand it. I, I played a little, uh, little Little League Baseball, but I didn't know a ton about what Major League Baseball, what professional sports really were. And listen, kids learn it at a younger age now, and I, I, was, I wasn't lucky enough to know what was going on with the Mets when they won the World Series in 1986. It would be nice to watch a ride from start to finish, to get down there and watch a couple games in spring training, to be down there in opening day in Miami when the Mets play the Marlins, which I know I'll be. Knock four more stadiums off my my uh, bucket list in regards to seeing every stadium in Major League Baseball, going to postseason, watching however many postseason games, hopefully culminating with a, the World Series championship and the final game where the Mets finally win. It's something I've never experienced before. Something that I've never experienced in the moment before. Yes, I've seen it on TV. I've seen the last out of 1969. I've seen the last out of 1986. You know what? It'd be nice to see one while, while I'm still on this, on this side of the ground. So there's the other element that comes to this Carlos Correa signing with the Mets. Because, listen, I'm still in a state of shock right now. I think it's very hard to sit here and say that I really believe <laughs> that Carlos Correa just signed its 12-year contract for $315 million to come to the Mets a day after the San Francisco Giants were scheduling a press conference, which was likely, it wasn't announced officially because his medical results weren't in, but unofficially to introduce Correa to the San Francisco media and the San Francisco Giant fans. Now, if you look at their offseason, a lot of it has been centered around that big move, which was not Aaron Judge, and now we know will not be Carlos Correa. They signed Sean Manaya. They signed Ross Stripling. They signed Mitch Hanniger. I gotta, you got to be honest. You know that that's, that's not enough to cut it. What else is there for the Giants to do? You know, I heard Harold Reynolds talk about it, and this is a very good point. Dansby Swanson, Carlos Radon, extra money that the Giants would have had if they weren't negotiating and agreeing to a contract to sign Carlos Correa with Scott Boris. So if that contract had not been done, if Correa says, hey, I don't want to play for the Giants, if the Giants are not in the mix to be able to finalize the contract, which they ultimately did with Carlos Correa, there's money left to sign Carlos Radon who was a very good giant last year. There's money on the table to be able to sign Dansby Swanson. Guess what? Those players are playing in New York with the Yankees and in Chicago with the Cubs, respectfully. Respectively. They're not, they're not on the board anymore. The Giants, when it comes to their choice of free agents, they don't have very much to choose for. They could sign Michael Conforto. That's not going to put him over the top. They could sign Elvis Andrews. Listen, you could talk about good players that could help them be competitive and win games. You could talk, look at the Giants roster as it's constructed right now, and you could say, hey, they maybe they could compete with the Padres and the Dodgers, but they're certainly not up there in regards to talent. They need to make a splash. I don't know if they're going to be able to. The one splash that they could possibly make 
would involve gutting their entire farm system to make a trade for somebody like Shohei Otani. And I don't know how Farhan Zaidi and the Giants are going to be perceived by their own media. I don't know how they're being perceived by their fans. You get little snidbits, you follow social media. Obviously, fans are pissed off. Obviously, there's going to be calls for uh, for Farhan to, to, to resign, to leave, as if he did something wrong here. We, until we figure out exactly what happened with the medicals, you know, we're not really going to know who to blame here. It could be something in regards to a policy of the way that the Giants conduct their their investigation when they're trying to uh, okay somebody from a physical standpoint and pass a physical to be able to play the next 13 years with the with the respective franchise. It's a big commitment. Everybody has different rules. Now. You wonder, could there possibly be something that could come up in the, the, the medical review of the New York Mets and their staff? Well, listen, the LOL Mets crowd will always think about that. They'll say, hey, you know, something, if there's a possibility that something can go wrong, it probably will go wrong. But I'm, I'm not living in that world anymore. I'm enjoying the fact that I'm a fan of a team that's expected to win. I am what those New York Yankee fans used to be. I expect the Mets to be up at the top of all of Major League Baseball. I expect them to get into the postseason easily. I expect them to dominate their opposition like they did in 1986, like they did for the majority of the 2022 season. But if I'm a Giants fan, I'm wondering what the pivot is right now because this one looks bad. Carlos Correa, you're right about to have a press conference to introduce him to give him your, your Giants jersey with the number one on the back of it and his name on it, to expect him, hey, to be the leader of this team over the course of the next decade plus. You, know, you had Bonds years, you had Willie Mays years. You could probably bring those guys back to, uh, to, to Oracle Park as you're ushering in a new generation of San Francisco Giants baseball. And it's like you're looking at Lucy holding that football for Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown is expecting to kick it right through the uprights, and she pulls the ball right away from him. That's how it has to feel to be a Giants fan. And guess what? You know what? As happy as I am that things have worked out the way they did, I understand. I feel the pain. I've been a Mets fan for 37 years. I've been a Mets fan to watch this happen enough times where I know what your pain is. I went through the Wilpons. And, you know, their decision when they didn't need to sign Bryce Harper, it wasn't that important. They didn't need to bring back Zach Wheeler. That wasn't important. JT Realmuto. Now, you know, forget JT Realmuto. We're going to get James McCann. You know, that, that was all recent stuff. And not to mention, you know, Daryl Strawberry leaving, you know, at the end of the 1990 season. And you're replacing him with a scumbag like Vince Coleman. You know, a deadbeat dad that, you know, all of a sudden can't run since he joined the New York Mets. Probably the worst, one of the worst free agent signings in Mets history. You could say Jason Bay was a bad one, but at least at least he got hurt. I mean, you know, Vince Coleman was just a useless piece of shit. But the question is going to be, not so much, because you know what the Mets have to do. They have to go out there and win. Probably more than one World Series championship in, a, in the next five years or so. Or... Be in a World Series and lose. Do what the Astros have done since 2017. 
and that's get to the American League Championship Series every year. You know the Mets play in the National League. It'll be the NLCS. But to have a run like that and have it not be done, the expectation is this team is going to be expected to win for a while until the end of Francisco Lindor's contract, now the end of Carlos Correa's contract. Contracts that are eventually going to be agreed to with guys like Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil. And then the, the Baby Mets, the, the Brett Beatys, the Francisco Alvarez's. You know, the expectation is this is going to start a new generation of winning. For a franchise that, by the way, just twice in the history of their franchise have they ever made it to the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. 99 and 2000 when they won back-to-back wild cards, and it's easy to forget, 15 and 16 when they went to the World Series in 2015, and then they lost in a wild card game in 2016. It's the only times the Mets have made it to the postseason in back-to-back seasons. Now, you're expecting it to happen again this year, but you're also expecting it to happen next year and a year after and a year after. Look at the Yankees. Yankees, they don't miss the playoffs. And if they, if they do, it's such an infrequent amount of times that you forget about it pretty quick. The Dodgers, what was the last time they missed the playoffs? And you look at teams like the Astros, who built what they have accomplished from the ground up and what they've done. But you'll wonder, is there anybody out there in baseball that you can go out there and acquire to maybe change the narrative of the Giants? Because this looks really, really bad. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com, by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by two ways, one passion food truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, can't say I've ever been more excited to do a show. i got to be honest. You know, the Carlos Correa news, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's unbelievably exciting to be a Mets fan. And congratulations, even even the Mets fans that I don't get along with, even the Mets fans that I don't like and we dispute with each other, over silly things, you know, even you know, silly things that I've thrown at you that I don't like. You know what? I'm all in forgiveness now. Let's enjoy this day. Let's enjoy the future over the course of the next decade where the Mets should be expected to win multiple World Series championships. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books my apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on it in my life. Now they've come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude disguised as another dude. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside and hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at them. They put their 
tail between their legs, deciding they're going to do exactly what they're told. You damn well right. Better give him a contract extension. You damn well right. Better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion. <laughs>